0: David Darren, mornings on planet 93.9, and whenever it works best for you. Anytime. On the David and Darren Top Five Things podcast, which this might shock you to learn, you're listening to right now. You found us. Congratulations. Anywhere in the world. We're going to uh, now give you what we feel are the top five things from the Dave and Darren Morning Show. Again, you can hear us every weekday morning. From 5.30 until 10. How do we do this, Darren? What button do I push next? This one right over here. Oh. Number one. 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 Number one. Number one. Can I ask you something? Because you would know. Hmm. What is a tomato pie? Tomato pie? Yeah. Well, I suppose someone could be talking about a pizza pie, but a uh, tomato pie would basically be, uh, you know, like tomatoes in a pie crust. I mean, I understand... That's a thing? Yeah. The Eagles played Monday Night Football against uh, their rival, the Washington Commanders, last night in Monday Night Football. Sure they did. Uh, they were undefeated until last night. 8-0. Now they're 8-1. As Washington beat the Eagles there in Philly, which I have to imagine Philly fans took that in stride. Sure they did. Philly's ABC 6 Action News... Caught up with the first guy to tailgate yesterday. Yeah, he got there a little early. Eight hours before kickoff, (laughs) Eagles fan Greg Matza was there. I thought it was eight hours before the lot opened. (laughs) (laughs) Not eight hours before kickoff, eight hours before the (laughs) lot even opened. This guy was locked and loaded ready. Getting ready on a Monday Obviously must have taken the day off from work or And uh, I'm guessing Tuesday as well Yeah, that would be a good move uh, Here he is explaining to ABC Six in Philly uh, How he's locked in for the <laughs> what Eagles game What it takes to do this Yeah, and this If there's an award for Like the most Philadelphia a person can be uh-huh. This guy wins it okay. Got a coffee Got down here at 5.30 Nobody here in the dark, and I'm just looking at the stadium thinking about the game. He's first in line about eight hours before the parking lot opens. <laughs> before the parking lot opens. You were right. Not kickoff. Eight hours before the parking lot opens, he's there. Uh, I am just sitting here in the dark. Sitting here in the dark in sitting, Philly. He's look, there. I'm just looking at the stadium, just thinking about the game. He's, he's there. The game's, it's going to get dark again before they play. I'm just sitting here in the dark. No one shows up. I'm the only one here in the dark. Play that again. Uh, this is... I got a coffee, got down here at 5.30. Nobody here in the dark. And I'm just looking at the stadium thinking about the game. He's. It sounds like he's disappointed that when he got there at 5.30, there was nobody else there. what you expect? I'm, you know, I'm the only one here in the dark. And the dark in the Philly and the, and the e- e- Eagles and... Uh, the doors to the stadium don't open for another 13 hours. No, none of the players are out of bed yet, you idiots! No one is. No one is. The, 5.30. The coaches aren't even up. So he explains now to the good people at the Channel 6 in Philly. It's just him, too. Yeah. Well, he must be expecting other people to yeah, show yeah, up. Yeah, maybe he's... Greg Matza must be expecting some friends to show up eventually. Kind of disappointed. No one's <laughs> here in the dark with me. Just thinking about the game, how it's going to unfold. He is ready to go, though. He's showing off here to uh, ABC6 all the uh, accoutrements mm-hmm. he's brought His supplies. for the game. So I got bro- two pound of shrimp, two giant tomato pies, 70 beers. <laughs> is- nice! <laughs> is- 70, beers. 70 beers. People are free to bring whatever they want. Two pounds <laughs> of shrimp. Two pounds of shrimp? And yeah, I just don't. I don't know what a tomato pie is. It'd be like this, it's just an actual tomato pie. Uh, I, how have I never heard of this before? So, it's just a it's a savory pie using tomatoes in a pie crust. Okay. You got two of them, huh? I got two of those. I got two of those before the game, sitting here in the dark, just thinking about you know. Someone can't was, believe I was the only one to show up for this. Someone was disappointed last night. <laughs> Oh, can you imagine this guy? After that after they lose to the He did not have the night that uh, CJ Stars had. <laughs> no. I'm su- I'm here super early just thinking about the game. I'm here at 5:30 in the morning. The game starts at 8. Okay, apparently this is something he's done before. Uh this is a story from 2018. <laughs> Where Greg Matza showed up <laughs> at 4:15 in the morning for, for a night game. This was a this was a, the, he was the first fan to show up uh, as the Eagles take on Minnesota to go back to the Super Bowl. Greg, playoff game. Yeah, this must have been. Was this the NFC Championship game? Oh my god, I can't believe he didn't get there a lot earlier than that. The, this is from. <laughs> <laughs> This is from 2018. The tailgating started early for one Philadelphia Eagles fan. Greg Matza of Northeast Philadelphia. Started three weeks ago. <laughs> was, was the first to arrive at Lincoln Financial Field Thursday morning for the 8.20 p.m. kickoff. He arrived at 4.15 a.m. <laughs> boy. This guy's a maniac. I get there nice and early. My tomato pie, 70 beers, two pounds of shrimp. Okay, this is from this is from 2018. The excitement is
1: building. The kickoff is not even for another eight hours plus, and the parking lot's still closed, but that didn't fo- stop folks from coming out here, starting the party. And by
0: folks, I mean one idiot.
1: Early even on a scorcher like today.
0: We were at okay, the Super Bowl. This, this was early in the season. This was in okay, September. This right. was... Yeah, the Vikings didn't go to the NFC Championship game in 2018. What's the matter with us? And uh, we're just going to continue the celebration today.
1: (laughs) At FDR Park, Eagles fans are still flying high. These tailgaters from Montgomery County getting an early start, setting up their new tent and their new championship flag hours before kickoff. What's it like to tailgate as Super Bowl champions? Any different than the previous years you've been tailgating?
0: Everything's different. The monkey's off our back. We're we're free we're free of the of the loser mentality.
1: Ice and cold beverages are plenty here as temperatures are expected to soar above ninety. It's not a deterrent for these diehards used to extreme conditions.
0: Usually we sit in a are they car partying? and heat up. in a in a park? Yeah, it looks like just in a park. I don't know. Yeah, we like to sit here and eat our tomato pie and look at the rocky statue.
1: When it's cold, so now we're going to sit in and get some air conditioning (laughs) during the day. Since parking lots were closed this morning, these early birds parked their pig roast on the street. Action News found one fan out here before the sun even rose. Couldn't sleep. I woke up,
0: kissed my wife Kathy Mather goodbye. She said fly, goes fly, and here I am. In the shadow of Mass. (laughs) He names his wife Kathy. That's his dances. I kissed my wife. my wife, is Kathy Ca- Manza. Kathy Manza. He uses his wife's last Full name. name. <laughs> I lo- Play that again. This guy's my favorite NFL fan of all time. I. This is the same guy from the story with the shrimp. I kissed. This my is wife, him four Kathy years ago. Mast. Greg Mansa <laughs> wants you to know I kissed my wife Kathy Mansa goodbye Son, on Even Rose Couldn't sleep I woke up Kissed my wife Kathy Matza goodbye She said fly eagles fly and here I am In the shadow Fly eagles fly Go eagles She'll be here but she's going to show up Oh I don't know two hours before the game <laughs> She's got a full time job <laughs> My wife Kathy Matza. <laughs> She's not here in the dark with me. She's gonna go put in some overtime and then still be here plenty of time for the kickoff. She's gonna help me with these 70 beers. Wow. Greg Matza just making it happen out there in the park. He might be uh he he's might be your super eagle fan. Just just when that when they're home, he's gonna show up Dedication. really, really early. Well, there you go. Seventy beers, a couple tomato pies. Two pounds of shrimp. Number two. 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 I have some people wondering if they are the bad guy, Darren. Uh-huh. Uh, people looking for advice from strangers and people looking for advice from advice columnists. Let's get started with this one. Somebody wondering if they're a jerk for telling their girlfriend she needs to give up on the seafood. Because I'm allergic to it. <laughs> what? What? I'm a 27-year-old man, and I'm allergic to seafood. Okay. Unfortunately, my 25-year-old girlfriend just adores it. Yep. Ever since we got together about three years ago, she's made an effort to eat seafood as less as possible, which I appreciate. However, to be honest, I wish she would just completely stop with the seafood. The other day, she went out with her friends at a restaurant. When she got back home, I tried to kiss her, but she stopped me and told me she just ate seafood. I got a bit disappointed because I was looking forward to spending some time together with her, and I told her as much. And then I said, maybe it would be better if she just gave up on seafood altogether. What did you just say? I know she likes it, but sometimes it can be an inconvenience to me, and I feel like she should be willing to give up such a small thing for us. Small thing? She got upset. I got two pounds of shrimp. (laughs) The Eggles game is in 15 hours. What are you talking about? I can't live on tomato pies. (laughs) She got upset by my request and said she loves me, but she's sorry because she's not giving up seafood. No, of course she's not. And lowering the amount of time she's eating seafood is already enough, she says. Yeah. Her family eats seafood often, and she grew up eating a lot of it. So I kind of get why it would be hard for her to give up on it. But I still think if she cared enough, she'd be willing to do it. So am I the jerk here? Not a chance, yes. Yeah, you're absolutely a jerk. If you went to kiss her and she stopped you saying, hey, I had seafood, that's very thoughtful. Yeah, right. I don't see what the, what the issue is here. Here's someone wondering... How can I convince my 10-year-old daughter to rename her horse? (laughs) Oh, the problems people have. (laughs) Well, okay. Is it a real horse? It's a real horse. I'm going to tell you, I I don't think they're way off here. I might... She kind of picked an inappropriate name? Well, the little girl didn't pick the name of the horse. I guess the, the, the breeder did? My 10-year-old daughter is a horse girl. She's outgrown her... (laughs) Horse girl? She's outgrown her first pony, so we just bought her a new horse. What happened to the pony? She outgrew it, Darren. Yeah, and? (laughs) It went to a farm. I don't know. There's not a lot of details here on the pony. My guess is what when your kid outgrows. Tell me, the, the, tell me the pony's name is an Elmer. <laughs> <laughs> My ten-year-old daughter is a horse girl. Uh huh. She she's, loves horses. She's outgrown her first pony, so we just bought her a new horse. The horse was priced right. He's the perfect size, age, and temperament, and he's trained in what she wants to do. We seriously could not have found her a better horse. Okay. Except for one thing. Mm-hmm. The horse's registered name is White Flight. White Flight. I don't want to know what his breeder was thinking, but my daughter thinks it's a beautiful name. Uh-huh. I would be very embarrassed to have my daughter show up on a horse with this name and I want to officially change the horse's name or at least call him by another name. I have explained the meaning of white flight to her, but she still thinks it's a perfect name for a white show-jumping horse, and she says she wants to use it to mean something good instead of something bad. How can I convince her to rename her new baby? Would it be too mean to say either the name is changed or we're selling that horse and you can never have another one? (coughs) That, uh, that escalated quickly. Real quick. Yeah. Uh, so they wrote to an advice columnist. Uh, wh- what would your take be on this? We're not calling the horse White Flight, obviously, right? Couldn't you just call it flight? Yes, or white anything else, <laughs> if it's a white horse. Uh, the advice columnist here, Janae Desmond Harris, argues that the phrase White Flight is not itself racist, but the... They say you should change the horse's name anyway. Your reasoning needs to be that forcing people to think about something harmful and deeply connected to racism, or worse, giving the impression that your family is making light of something harmful and deeply connected to racism when they're just trying to enjoy a little equestrian activity, is not something you're going to condone. Well, that probably, that probably is, a, is solid advice. How can I ask my son's fiance to cover up her back tattoo at the wedding? My son is marrying a lovely woman raised in a different religion from ours. Our family's religion considers tattoos to be taboo. How can I gently suggest to my son's fiance that she consider a gown where her large back tattoo will not be visible? Uh I'm afraid all the guests of our religion will be focused on the tattoo and not the bride. Am I being old-fashioned? My son and his fiancée are in their late 30s, so I'm unsure if it's appropriate for me to voice my concerns. How should I proceed? Yeah, I don't think he can tell anybody anything. Yeah, it's none of your business. You, m- they say, you know, maybe you, you just have to remind people in your family that he's marrying someone with a different religion, and it's none of your business. Should I tell my children and grandchildren about the significant crime I committed decades ago?
1: Oh, <laughs> I love this.
0: Before my wife tells them. Oh no. I got to get it. I got to get in front of this story. Oh no. Is she constantly threatening to tell? Over 40 years ago, I committed a significant crime. No one was physically hurt, but I scared the devil out of a small group of people. The crime was for financial gain. Bob threats? And I had planned did you, it. Did you rob a bank? The crime was for financial gain, and I had planned it in advance. That sounds like a bank robbery. My wife knew and begged me not to do it. But I felt I had no other choice. It's a bank robbery. My wife benefited from the proceeds of the crime and willingly spent the proceeds. I was never caught. It's a bank robbery he got away with? For 30 years, we never spoke of the incident, as the memory was too painful for us both. I don't know why you're talking about it now. But now, over the last 10 years, however... Whenever my wife is angry at me or trying to force me to do something she wants me to do, she threatens to tell our adult children and our grandchildren about the kind of man you really are. It's pure blackmail. Sometimes she says she'll tell the whole story to the family in her own way after I am dead. I've never repeated any unlawful acts in all the time since... And I've shared a good life and I believe have made a positive contribution to many people through my work. I've considered telling my children as truthfully and factually as I can and have written and rewritten my confession many times to share with them. Do you see it any other way? If my wife tells this story, it will be embroidered with her perspective, plus 40 years of whatever she wants to bring to the story. My wife's temper is legendary. What do you think I should do? She's an accomplice. You robbed a bank and she spent all the money. I mean, right? I mean, you guys could still be going to jail. The advice columnist Amy Dickinson encourages the letter writer to confess to his family and go further, quote... I think you need to meet with a lawyer <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> deliver a full and accurate account of what you did, discuss your options, including admitting this crime and making restitutions to the victims or institution you harmed. Yeah, well, I didn't want to hear that. <laughs> that's, not, that's not what I wanted. <laughs> that's bad advice. I got to tell everybody what I did. I robbed a bank and got away with it. Wow! Last one. This is somebody with a work question. This is for the uh, Ask the Manager uh, uh, column, where you know you have some sort of HR problem, and you don't want to go to HR. Uh, the headline here is: "It okay that my boss keeps trying to tickle my hand?" What? Is it okay that my boss keeps trying to tickle my hand? I feel attracted to my boss, who is married and almost twice my age. I'm in my 20s. I like his intellect, his charisma, and his witty replies. I'm preparing for further schooling as I continue my job, and he is very helpful and considerate when I need time for classes. The problem is, lately, he tries to take opportunities to grab my hand and give me tickles. The first time he did it, I didn't decline, as I already had feelings for him, and I enjoyed it. But after going home, I felt guilty. Now whenever he tries to tickle me, I make up some excuse to stop him. But then he says it's a joke, and I should not take it seriously. My problem is whenever he comes a bit close to me, I start developing feelings. And I don't know whether I'm overthinking it, and if it's okay if someone tickles your hands. A married man? Yes! I would tend to say no. (laughs) Yes, the uh, advice columnist here says, you need to send an email to your boss asking him to stop touching you. Quote, you're not overthinking it. Your gut is telling you it's not okay because it isn't, and your feelings for this man do not entitle him to touch you. I don't know. I kind of like it. I'm torn with the hand tickling that goes on. Wow. And there you go. I think we've fixed we've solved some problems. That was quite a batch. I mean, all over the place. It really was. Very comprehensive. (laughs) Yeah. And we kind of covered it all. Dude, you really need to go (laughs) get a lawyer. A lawyer and confess to what you did because this woman is sounds like a felony. Yeah, No one was physically hurt, but I scared the devil out of a small group of people. By pulling a gun on people at a bank? <laughs> a small group of people. You mean the tellers who were working <laughs> that afternoon? And everyone else banking there? Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. You're right, too. The fact that my wife benefited from the proceeds She's of the crime. She's an And willingly spent the proceeds. Yeah. She begged me not to do it, but once I came home with that cash... She's in on Suddenly, it. Suddenly, she had some ideas of things that we needed. Yeah. How about I tell everybody what kind of man you really are? Oh. Hey, Bonnie, meet Clyde. <laughs> three. Three, three. 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 Demi Moore is back on the market. Who she, was she married to? Well, she was with a boyfriend. Daniel Hum was the guy's name. And uh, Daniel is- Hum was her boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah, she's she is calling it quits after a year of dating mm-hmm. Daniel Hum. Uh this uh, this fact disclosed by a friend of Demi Moore's. The two of them are no longer dating. Huh. This friend telling People magazine Demi's in a happy place. She's happy and enjoying her children and her friends. Huh? Yeah. That's so. She just turned 60. She did, was that last week? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. The uh, couple first made waves in March of this year when they shared pictures of each other together on Instagram. David Hum. Now, there was a... Back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Was it David Hum? Someone was quarterback for the Nebraska Corn Huskers. Not this dude. And then... <laughs> I'll tell you right now. Wasn't, yeah. And wasn't, then, it wasn't this cat. And then ended up playing, I think, for the Raiders, although I think he has passed away since then. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, she was married to to Bruce Willis from 1987 until 2000. They have three daughters, Rumor, who's 34, Scout, who's 31, and Tallulah, who's 28. Willis would have two more children uh, with his uh, new wife. It says here, even at 60, Demi Moore feels unconcerned about her age. She says... She sounds a little concerned. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Not being defined by a number and instead being defined by my experience. You hit 59, you're already thinking, well, I'm going to be 60. And it feels very liberating. You know what? I had a similar yeah. experience with 49 and 50. I'm with you on this, yeah. to me, yeah. 60 is the new 59. Mm-hmm. That's what they say. Uh, she says, when I think of my grandmother at 60, she in a way seemed to be already resigned to being old. But I feel in so many ways... More alive and present than ever. Take that, Grandma. You sucked at this, Grandma. You gave up. You weren't no movie star. I was in G.I. Jane for crying out loud. I was G.I. Jane. What do you think of that? I was something else. I was G.I. Jane and you were having an upper G.I. I (laughs) I mean, this is Daniel Hum. Uh Uh-huh. Not like a... A typically good-looking dude just looks like a guy. Yeah. So I don't know if that means there's hope for, for Mopes. Yeah. You could snag a th- Demi Moore. I think there is hope for Mopes. It's a new program we call Hope for Mopes, where we, <laughs> we find the schlubbiest-looking nobodies, and we hook them up with Demi Moore for about a year. We'll set you up with a fallen movie star. <laughs> That's right. Take a look at our list. Here's here's Terry. Terry had given up on himself a long time ago. As you can see, he's now with Sharon Stone. And uh, it's not going to be forever, but he's enjoying the ride. When your favorite movie star of the 1980s puts on 60 pounds, we're there for you. (laughs) It's a program we call (laughs) Hope for Mopes. Hope for Mopes. Won't you... Won't you give until it hurts? <laughs> I always wanted to date a movie star. <laughs> well, you can. Well, it's possible with hope yeah. for mopes. Yeah, we are very pleased to announce that. Uh, mm-hmm. This this program is changing lives. Would you like Schlubby, to meet? Slubby, pasty-looking, balding like? guys all across America have hope for mopes. Would you like to to meet Kirstie Alley? Oh no! Now that's a bridge too far. That's no. Are you a big I'm fan? Out. Are you a big fan of Kathleen Turner's? <laughs> hey, did did the movie Body Heat do anything for you? Get a load of this. <laughs> Make sure you're a good tipper. We are. We are. Uh... So pleased to offer Mopes Across America a, a package we call the Joan Van Ark.
1: <laughs> <laughs> four.
0: I never had any use for the Grateful Dead growing up. Just, just seemed like a bunch of nonsense. But Then there was that dedicated tribute album with a bunch of bands that I loved uh-huh. covering the dead. And it kind of made me rethink Uh, things. You might want to spend a little more time with them. Yeah, no, I I have. And I I enjoy their studio stuff tremendously. The live stuff you can keep. (laughs) I don't. A lot of people would disagree. (laughs) (laughs) Well, art is subjective. Every once in a while, we read one of these stories on Dave and Darren in the Morning, and... They'll they will ask Americans a question, and so many Americans will say that they do something that I think, gosh, is something wrong with me because it's never occurred to me. Okay, right? Like, and, and it's not quite fear of missing out, but when I see a number that is, they've pulled all of these Americans, and when I see a number as, as high as this, I think, gosh, well, I I don't, I don't like being in the minority. You know what I'm saying? Really? Yeah. Yeah, I like when a a survey comes out and the majority of Americans feel a certain way and I go, oh, no, I get that, of course. All right. Uh, This survey says, Darren, that 37% of Americans, which is not a majority, but it's still a much higher number than I would have assumed. It's a chunk. Yeah, that's that's more than a third, right? Check my math, Sandy. 37% of Americans have fantasized about hooking up... In a delivery driver's truck. That is an oddly specific fantasy that has never once crossed my mind. Yeah, I can't say that it has either. And we've had stories here on the show. I mean, it seems like every couple of weeks there's some driver getting in trouble where there's video of somebody going into the van. A delivery truck. Apparently this is a thing, and I am not here to kink shame. That is not my job. I just never occurred to me. 23% 23% of Americans say that they have attempted to seduce a delivery driver. Okay, so they're 23% not 23%. T- they're not talking about They're talking about the delivery driver then. Not the delivery guy, not not the guy bringing pizza to your house, not that old 70s pornographic movie yeah, trope. Not that one. These are according to this Fedex. Americans say that Amazon uniforms and Amazon, Amazon drivers Amazon. are the hottest. Really? Yeah. All of our Amazon stuff is delivered by the post office or by the UPS. We don't have Amazon delivery people, do we? Or do we? I I guess I've never noticed. I I thought for the most part it was, yeah. Half of Americans admit that they have tipped an attractive delivery driver more, averaging a 30% higher tip. What? Tip? Tip. What? What? None of this makes any sense, right? This is all nonsense. Married Americans are 67% more likely than unmarried Americans to give attractive delivery drivers higher-than-average tips. That's got You know what would be a higher-than-average tip? Anything. that has got to be... They have to be including food delivery in this, too, right? Americans are ordering deliveries like never before. They say it's no wonder drivers have become the focus of many people's desires. Huh. Some even hope for a real love connection when they get that knock at the door. <laughs> What are you doing? I just don't... I don't get this. We've become so enamored with ordering stuff that when there's a knock at the door, we think it's a love connection. Oh, he's here. Mystery date. (laughs) Open the door for your mystery date. No, I'm not going to spend any money on a delivery. They surveyed... I'll go get it myself. ...Americans to find out just how many fantasize about delivery drivers... It says your people confess to plenty of scandalous things, like kissing the driver. What? what? Which delivery service has the hottest uniforms? Uh, Amazon's in first place, then UPS, then FedEx, then DHL, and then finally the United States Post Office. Women, so, by the way, women are more turned on by UPS uniforms than any other. Because of the shorts? I'm, I... Okay. So the domino driver isn't getting any love? I don't think so. I mean, this is just Just delivery services. Amazon, UPS, FedEx, DHL, and USPS are not delivering uh, uh, tacos and pizza pies. Are they? Gen Z says Amazon has the hottest couriers. 37% of Americans have fantasized about hooking up in a delivery driver's truck and 23% of Americans have attempted to seduce their delivery drivers. (laughs) Again, I just... It never would have occurred to me that 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 was a thing. But here we are. Yeah, if you, if you were to get something delivered, it'd be just like, just leave it there. I'll yeah, it. I'll, no, I'll, there's I'll, no need to make eye contact. I'll, I'll come get it later. There'll be no tip. No tip? <laughs> what the hell is the world coming to? Paying more for the delivery. 50% of Americans admitted to tipping attractive delivery drivers more. For the most part, don't delivery drivers, aren't they kind of on the clock and they're moving about as quick as they can? There's nothing to don't sign. They? You don't pay the delivery just, driver, no. do you? No, you've already paid for the... Right! That's. I, I'm. I mean, they basically put that on your front porch and try to get the hell out of there as quick as they can, don't this, they? This has to also include the pizza delivery guy. It just has to, because nobody's tipping their UPS guy. Americans ranking food delivery services by the attractiveness of their drivers. And they also confess that they have wanted to do things Now, when, when, the, when the hot drivers when Bisinius, at the door. When Basinius was the uh, Happy Joe's driver. That's right. Did he, he had, did he have the referee outfit on? That's right. Housewives love it. <laughs> <laughs> they laughed at George Lucas. Who did? Okay, what food delivery service has the most attractive drivers? Uh, Uber Eats gets number one here. But then that's not DoorDash a uniform, is number right? two. I don't think they wear uniforms. No, do it's they, just, a, that's do just, they a, just hire hotter that's people? Just a, that's just a private citizen. 18% of Americans say they've kissed their delivery driver. What? In, how? How is that a thing? I'm just so happy the pizza's here. Oh, my God, you're here. Let's French for a little bit. Uber Eats is in the top spot for most attractive drivers, uh, followed by DoorDash and then Postmates. If interested in the food deliverer, 37% of Americans say they'd resort to flirting. 29% admit that they've sent their driver a text after the delivery. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? Who are these? Get on back here. What? Where do you think you're going? What in in the world are you talking about? Just wanted to thank you. The pizza is hot and delicious, just like you. I want more. Get your fat ass back here! (laughs) (laughs) What goes on? Uh Uh-huh. Attraction is often a two-way street, as 45% of Americans say the delivery driver has flirted with them. And some of these interactions even got physical. Eighteen percent of Americans have kissed and told, and a quarter of delivery drivers have admitted to hooking up while on the job. No, no. I, thanks. That's an option, huh? Thanks for de- for delivering my uh, my Amazon package. We're done here. I just don't know. OMG. These tacos are yummy. Hey, Marshley. So are you. Hashtag get over here. I'm, I'm, I'm probably not doing that right. Five. 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 Number five. <laughs> A woman in Washington State left crawling on her hands and knees oh, no. after being attacked by an owl twice. Two different times this woman's been dealing with this owl attacking her. Her name is Kirsten Matheson, She lives in northern Kitsap County, there in Washington State. She has been the victim of two bird attacks in the space of a week. It's the same owl. She recognized it as she's seen it around her property in a wooded area before. She says she'd never had a problem with this owl before. Who? And had even taken pictures of the bird. Last week, as she attempted to walk past the owl it swooped out of a tree and left her with numerous gashes on her head. Who? That's... (laughs) She described the first time the owl struck, saying, quote, The first time I was walking down my driveway at dusk on a Saturday evening around 5.30 p.m., and it had just gotten dark enough to need a flashlight. Something big came out of nowhere from behind me and swooped at my head, and I ducked and looked up to see a barred owl land low in a tree in front of me. I'd seen the owl around the property before and even taken pictures of it previously and never had a problem with it. I've definitely never experienced anything like this with an owl before. Who? Did you see the story? I think it was in Arizona of a guy. He got uh, he got pulled over. Yeah. Uh, ended up with a DUI, I think. Hmm. I think they also determined that he was on meth. Okay. And in the passenger seat was an owl. <laughs> what? Is it the same owl? I don't know. The Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife describes the bard species as having hooked bills and needle-sharp talons, and their feathers allow them to silently swoop down on prey. She, she got attacked again as she tried to walk past the tree it was perched in. Yeah. She, she says it made contact with my head and gave me four small cuts. There was a lot of screaming on my part, and I essentially crawled away on my hands and knees. She rushed home, and her boyfriend disinfected the owl cuts with alcohol. Who? And uh, she says she's got little holes in her scalp. The cuts were not deep, but she says it, quote, it was a bit like being punched in the back of the head. I called the doctor Monday morning, and they had me come in that day for a tetanus shot to make sure the cuts didn't appear infected as owls carry a lot of bacteria on their claws. Oh, wow, hadn't thought of that, of course. After the attack, she started to avoid that part of her driveway. Her driveway is like a quarter of a mile long. She's also taking extra precautions, including wearing a hat. Hat? I'd wear a heart, like a football helmet. Helmet from now on. Get a Seahawks helmet. Who? The owl struck again, she says, exactly a week later I was outside and much closer to my house, so I wasn't as worried about the owl when it once again came out of nowhere and hit me in the back of the head. The logo of the Seahawks helmet might actually attract an owl. Oh, yeah. She says they're totally silent when they fly, so there was no warning. It was the same white barred owl. It made more contact that time and gave me five or six cuts that were a bit deeper. One behind my ear bled quite a bit. She says, I rushed back inside and decided to take a few pictures while my boyfriend did first aid. My scalp has been very sore in the days since. These owls definitely pack a punch. So now, whenever she goes out at night, now she carries an umbrella with her. And she says here... I'm pretty confident this owl gave me a lifelong fear of birds. Who? That's exactly right. Thank you, Jerry. No, thank well, you. Consider that, that at least the owls haven't developed a taste for you yet. Oh, no. But once they do. That owl, by the way, the story that you're talking about, mm-hmm. he bought the owl at a gas station. $100 in the middle of the night. <laughs> I'll give you $100. Is that how much he paid for the owl? Uh-huh. $100. Bucks. Arizona police pull over a man for DUI, and to their surprise, sitting shotgun, it's an owl. Which I, guess, I guess makes sense <laughs> if you're driving at night. Now they pull this guy over for a possible DUI, and to their surprise, found a live owl beside him in the car. The... Payson, Arizona Police Department, saying here on uh, Facebook that uh, this guy told officers that another driver found the bird along the road and sold it to him for $100 at a gas station. Hey, I found this bird. You want it?
1: Yeah. $100. This
0: bird's yours. I don't have great night vision. I'll take it. It says here on their Facebook page, the Payson Police Department would like to take this opportunity to encourage the public not to use methamphetamine. Or you, too, may find yourself illegally purchasing a wild owl for $100 in the middle of the night from strangers at a local gas station. It needed to be (laughs) said. I don't want to see another one of these. Who? The owl appears to have minor injuries, so they couldn't release it. Arizona Game and Fish are picking this thing up. Yeah, no, they'll keep an eye on it. Driver faces multiple charges, including aggravated DUI, possession of methamphetamine, and possession, transport, or purchase of wildlife. The hat trick. <laughs> I, had, I had no idea that was something that... Mr. Turtle, uh. how many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll center of a Tootsie Pop? I never made it without biting. Ask Mr. Owl. Mr. Owl. How many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll center of a Tootsie Pop? Let's find out. One, two, three, three. How many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll center of a Tootsie Pop? The world world may 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 never know. know. Who? Bust your teeth out. Yeah. Yeah, that owl really
1: went... Is out. it all over, Rock? I guess so. I didn't think it would be like
0: this. And that was Dave and Darren's top five things. An international podcast. <laughs> I heard somebody referring to a podcast as international. Um, other... An international podcast? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, whatever you got to tell yourself. huh those were the top five things you have. Our great thanks for downloading, subscribing, and leaving reviews of yes. the podcast. And, of course, spending some time with us in the morning on Planet 93.9. Until we get a chance to do this for you again, hang loose, kooks. And you stay classy and safe, Quad Cities. Come uh, on, Quad, Quad Cities, Cities. Represent. represent. This is for the Quad Cities rep,
1: it's by Yeah, we keeping it locked. Rock out, come yeah. on. And it just don't stop. East Moline. Yeah, they keeping it hot. Uh.
0: Okay, so I'll see you later, huh? I'll give you a call. I'm done. Do what you want. Pull the plug. Stand clear of the closing doors, please.